Hi, my name is Blue, and I'm the host of this new podcast, The 21st Century Teacher, with Livid Earth. And my job is to ensure that our teachers and students get the most out of our programs. This new podcast series is just one of the ways I'm going to be supporting our community of educators with a monthly conversation with a special guest educator discussing a different aspect of 21st century teaching and learning. Today I'm talking to Chris Kennedy, the superintendent of West Vancouver Schools. He is one of the most progressive voices in BC education and has been featured by Maclean's magazine as one of the 100 young Canadians to watch. And his work has been featured in various local and national publications. He was recently named as one of the top 10 Canadian newsmakers in educational technology. Chris has also taught English and social studies and been both an elementary and secondary school principal. Chris is a writer and presenter on personalized learning and infusing technology in the classroom. Chris balances his professional passions with life as the father of four young children. So Chris, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, I appreciate being here. Looking forward to the conversation. So I'm going to jump straight in. Um, and this sort of harks back to a talk you've done in the past. But I'm really interested um, to hear for you, what does mission accomplished look like in terms of digital access and use for schools? Yeah, it, it's an interesting topic to think about mission accomplished, because I think many of the goals that we set out 10 or 15 years ago We've actually we've actually been able to to do we you know the goal their goals of can we get Wi-Fi into schools can we get kids with their own devices can we kind of get kids one to one maybe from grades four and up and and in sort of on the technical side I think we've done much much of that and and during COVID I think that even amplified that we saw we saw kids getting devices we saw kids working online you know but but that's really just like part of it like part of the mission was to get kids with the stuff. But the real goal was actually the, so what are we gonna do with the stuff? And, and you know, the doing things that would be, not be possible if the technology wasn't there or, or doing things that are about, not just about uh, consuming, but about creating. And, you know, so I think on the, on the getting stuff into people's hands, we've been really well kind of mission accomplished, but like now we got this whole other piece that we got to work on, which is, is the kinds of ways that we're using the tools that the kids have access to now. You know, are we getting them to create stuff? I'm, I'm really interested, curious about things like um, uh, robotics right now and kids building robots and that, and that, that, that space and technology. I'm interested in NFTs and like, and that we're seeing that whole wave happening right now. And, and is there a way to bring those into schools? And so, you know, I, I think the danger of saying mission accomplished is you think it's a, you get to an end point but you just get to a new beginning point again. And I think that's where we're at a little bit. Well, that's an interesting point, um, which and I'd just like to touch on this briefly, but we're both parents. So now we've got access in the school and now we've got access in the home. Is there any, are we seeing any of the kids getting burnt out or, you know, just in terms of like any addiction around screen time? I, I think the, I think we all need to be conscious of screen time as teachers, as parents. You know, I, I I guess I use the same I use the same advice with our teachers I use as a parent is is to is, is use it when it's purposeful. And I actually see the use of screens in schools 
far better now than five years ago. Because what I saw five years ago is we put every kid in front of a screen for an hour and they did computers. Now what we do is they access the tools when they need them for the work. And when I go into a classroom, I, I, I like to describe it as a messy classroom. It's not all kids with their laptops open. It's there's there's three kids working around one laptop. There's other kids who have paper and they don't have any laptop open. There's a kid who likes to work quietly by himself. He's got his own laptop. He's working one to one. And so the modern classroom isn't a classroom where every kid's on a computer. The modern classroom is where every kid has access to technology. And I would actually argue that I think that we might have a little less screen time in schools now than five years ago. While we have more kids with technology, because we become more purposeful and we don't use it we don't use it because we have it. We use it because we need it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I mean, it's such an important tool that we have to get used to. Um, and in saying that for the teachers, is this a lot for them to take on? Like what are some of the challenges that you've been hearing from teachers? Cause kids learn very quickly. And I've noticed with my young, my eight and a half year old, it's incredible how fast they can learn to navigate the screen. Now, some of the older teachers that have been in the system for a long time, are there challenges that we're seeing for them? So I would say up until COVID, I saw uh, I, I, you, there was a generational gap for sure. But, but interesting, because during COVID, we all had to change all, like, the, our use of technology in all aspects of our life. It was like you immediately had to figure out how you were going to use Zoom in your own life. And so then you could apply that in your work life and all those other pieces. And so I think. I, I actually think the digital skills, the overall digital skills of all the adults in our society and all the adults working with our kids has actually gone up. And there's a new baseline kind of coming through out of COVID that we then from where we were before. And so I, I, I'm interested to see what the next couple of years bring, because I think I think our adults in our schools now are have a far greater comfort level with technology because they've had to live in such a digital way over the last two years. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, there's certainly some pluses about the pandemic throwing us into the future as it has. Some of the regular feedback that we've been getting from teachers in BC, they're generally overwhelmed by the number of online resources. How do we support the teachers in that way? Or, you know, what's that next step look like? So much content. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Like there's just, it's like in the, it, we went from scarcity in the, in the book era, like there was only like the one book or the two books that you had to use in any given content area. And now it's like overwhelming. And so where do you start? Uh, so what I think, what I think smart uh, jurisdictions do, whether that's at the school level or the school district or even the provincial level is, is that they select a few and support people through those, you know, that you can't, you, in, in some ways you can't support everything. And so um, you have to find a few good resources and then try to support everyone to use them. Because I think one of the things about using digital resources, it's really valuable when multiple people use it and they can connect together and you sort of build networks of people that are using some of the same digital resources or digital tools. Uh, you know, like in, in some ways, I, I argue at the end, some of them are no better than each other. I just need you to pick one because in some ways, in some ways, you, we, you know, that we need some some common places for us to have conversations. And. I, I, there is there is this whole place around personalization and individualization that is super important in, in some aspects, but there needs to be also a common piece, you know, something that unites us. Or is it everybody like schools and school systems and classes can't just be free for alls of 
And, and that's just asking way too much of the teacher, not only to be the instructor, but also to be the content curator every single day for every single course. So a teacher's, from what you're hearing as a superintendent in uh, the West Vancouver district, a teacher's utilizing technology in the classrooms right now. So and what, what could be some of the biggest challenges or limitations that you've been hearing about? So I, I think, yes, I think, I, I think the issue of, we were kind of started, I think the issue of getting access, we've kind of, we've, we've largely solved it. It's not universal. There's still issues of equity that are a concern at any time around that. Um, I, I think it is, is finding resources that are aligned to curriculum, like, you know, so that, so I'm trying to teach about X in the social studies in grade six. But I'm finding resources that teach a little bit of that, but they teach a little bit of something else. And and teachers teachers want to do the right thing, so they want to find resources that are that are aligned to curriculum. And and sometimes when you're just out hunting resources, it's hard to find something that's tightly aligned. And so I look to uh, you know those those that are providing resources, those that can make the alignment easier, or make it way easier for the rest of us in the system. You know that they can show. Here's what we here's what grade seven science looks like, and here's how our resource aligns to those objectives. And so you mentioned personalized learning already. So what is your vision for the future of personalized learning and infusing technology into the classroom? Yeah, so I I, I see it as sort of this um, at, at a younger age. I feel it is there's a greater common. So when you're in grade one and two what the common you have is far greater and there's a less individualized or personalized pieces. As you go through the grades, you end up, you, you release the student to make more choices over what they learn, how they learn it, where they learn it. You know, so, uh, you know, as, as kids move into high school, they might take an online course to supplement their in-person courses, or we might give, you know, I, I love what some schools are doing about creating some flexible time during the week where they can make choices over they don't need an hour and 30 minutes in each course. In some courses, they need two hours and some they need 45 minutes. And so they can spend more time or less time with individual teachers based on where their needs are. And then I also see that they make that I'm impressed by where they get more choices over how they like show their learning. And so some kids make, you know, are make a project and some kids write an essay and some kids write a musical composition. And the more thing, ways that we can have kids have multiple ways to show how they learn, I think that's all part of this personalization. Um, I, 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 I think one of the, the things about personalization is it's important to not say that means that every kid does his own thing and that you can learn about hockey and I can learn about the saxophone and the person next to us can learn about bees and we're all going to graduate. Like there is a, there is a common for all of us, uh, but then there is within that, there is some choice and flexibility. Is it just creating more, is it inevitably creating more work for the teacher? Um, or is technology allowing us to find some more, you know, efficient ways of reporting and, you know, curating all of this stuff? Yeah. And so uh, an example, the one, the one example I see that, uh, that I, 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 a lot is just around some of the math resources around personalization, where, you know, there's sort of that gamification where kids can advance you know, or they can get extra support at one level before advancing to the next level. Others can move quickly through. And so that you can have kids using technology and some of the some of the interesting, um, you know, programs out there and they can move at their own pace. And so you can have, you know, we always talk about want to have differentiation in a classroom and kids moving at their own level. And that's so hard for a teacher 
who has, you know, you say he might have four groups, but it has like 25 groups because every kid is kind of at a different spot. But, but technology can sometimes allow you to have a little bit more of that, of, of differentiation in, in the tools. Um, I, I, I think that whole, you know, the whole world of AI and all that, come, like, I, I, I think we are just still on the, like, on the, on the early stages of how that will impact our classroom and how, how we will be able to um, use technology to, to adapt to each learner um, more easily than we do now. I feel like we're still early days on that part with technology though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wonder what are some of the, is there anything that sticks out for you in some of the innovative ways that teachers have been implementing technology? Are there any really particular, particularly great software that you've heard about or seen in use? You know, and, and just before we got on the, this podcast, we were talking a little about robotics. And so I want to just take a minute on that one, because here's here's what I like about, um, you know, that that that's thinking about technology a little differently. But what I like about that is, is it's kids making and building and creating things. And so they are and and, um, and there is there is a competitive element sometimes around robotics, around com- competing with, you know, they, they play in, in these competitions and Vex robots and games with each other. Um, but I, I really like that you can sort of that at different ages you can um, it, it really works all the way through. Um, it's it's also real world, and so you're actually learning skills that are that are the kinds of of problem solving, you know, the, those critical thinking, problem solving skills that we want for kids. And so I, I'm really interested in 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 that as a as sort of as a broad as a broad topic. Uh, when I when I think about um, uh, resources, I, I, I you know some of the math ones that I've seen that I've been interested in are are Dreambox or Mathletics are are two of the ones that I've seen. Uh, math IXL. These are kind of ones that help with that whole differentiation of, of learners. And um, and and I'm just beginning to see um, you know some of the uh, some some companies like uh, Discovery, which has uh, you know beginning to come into Canada. And one of the challenges we have in Canada is that you know that it's that we often are bombarded by american resources and we need really we need localized resources but it's expensive to create localized resources it's kind of this circle of of this challenge that we're in and so i i i a lot of the you know those digital resources i reference are kind of american you know i'd love to see us having some more robust digital resources in the socials and sciences which really need to be looked a lot different than american resources no, absolutely. You know, something that pops into my mind is you're talking about the robotics and, you know, just so many interesting things happening in technology. Are the teachers becoming more facilitators now? Like, is the role of the teacher in the classroom shifting? It, it, the, roles, the role of the teacher is definitely shifting. And it's creating this interesting dynamic that, that some of the teachers who were the best teachers 20 years ago because they had control of the room, they're the ones who are struggling the most right now in this new way, because this, the new, the new classroom, every, almost, you know, the classrooms I go into are, there's not a sense of the teacher in control of the room as, you know, the, 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 the teacher, the, 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 the masterful teacher of today has, has got learning happening in a bunch of different ways in the classroom and is facilitating it and is supporting it and, and knows which kid need extra help. And, but, but they're not standing at the front of the room as the, as the owners of the content anymore. Like those are the, the best teachers used to be the ones who knew the most content. And then content became free for all of us. And now the best teachers are the ones that can help you make sense of the content, which is a, a different skill set. 
Yeah, yeah, it's very much. It's like dynamic, fluid kind of process and also encouraging critical thinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it seems what I'm hearing is that it's a challenging but exciting time as a teacher and any teacher is going to have to, you know, be thinking fast on their feet in order to make sure they're making the most of the resources. Yeah, and and I I think the teachers... um have to wor- worry less about knowing all of the, the content. I, I know as a, as a new teacher, I was always nervous that I would not know a piece of content and a student would know it. And all of a sudden my authority was like, all of a sudden I was no longer the expert in the room. And like, and so like that, and that's how so many of us, I think went through teacher training, like with that, because we were, it was all about being the content expert. But when the focus is on about the, you're the person that helps the kids make sense of the content, uh, that's really that's just really different are the pro d days are they shifting are that like are their training courses and things keeping up with the needs of the teachers to keep them current i i think um i think we all you know one of those you never have enough training but you know that you're, you're always looking for for more support but but just how we support teachers is different too so the old way was you would go to a day of training and you'd come back and implement that but in the digital world like you kind of, it's more just in time. Like, Hey, I'm teaching this tomorrow. I went and found a seven minute YouTube video where I learned a little bit about it or learned the strategy. I'm going to implement that. I find, you know, it, it doesn't fit well with our, our model our thinking of teaching, but just like every other aspect of our life, like the old way of, of, well, I'll learn something at the workshop and then I'll apply it in my lessons over the next month. That's kind of old think. Like the new way is, I'm going to learn something today and I'm going to apply it tomorrow. And I don't need to go for six hours. I maybe need 10 minutes and then I'm going to try it. And then, I'm, you know, it will work. I'll learn from it and then I'll refine it. I'll try it again. You know, I know you've, you've spoken to um, uh, uh, Judy and Linda about sort of the about inquiry. I, you know, that, that whole teacher mindset of, of have a hunch, try it out, you know, see how it goes, learn from it, then do it all again. Like, and, and I think our best teachers are really quick in that cycle of, uh, of inquiry around their own practice. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and as you're saying that about, you know, this big shift that's coming, um, one of the last questions I got for you is, are all the districts keeping up at the same pace? Or is that you finding districts are collaborating with each other and um, everybody's sort of playing to the same tune? I, I do find that um, in British Columbia has a has a maybe through its history has a unique way of being very networked. I I, I what I find is I more than I, I have some chance to visit other places in the Canada or the U.S. They they don't have that sort of networking culture like we do. What I see is I see um, teachers network together, and you you again you know the network of performance based schools, which is something you talked about in a recent podcast or other networks like that. I find schools network together and then I find districts network together. Like I can tell you, you know, we have a lot in common with Delta and we, with Saanich and some other, like I know the ones that we have things that are, we're connected to. And then what I, what I think the challenge is for provinces is the best pro, the best jurisdictions are like BC should be networked to Ontario, to Finland, to Singapore, because you, 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 you blow it up like at the, at each level, you want to have teachers network together, but right to the whole systems level, you want to have systems network together. And so I think there is that culture of, of sort of mutual support in BC that's a little different. Like, I don't view other school districts as my competitor. I kind of like, they're all all of our kids. And so I think, but I, I don't think that's a universal true 
in all in schools. I think often, you know, there's rivalries between schools or school districts, but that just that for whatever reason, our history in BC hasn't lent itself to that. And I love the idea of the idea of the global network um, and connecting overseas as well. So that being said, are there any conferences within BC that you would recommend to any teachers that are listening that you've frequented? Uh, so what do I um, uh, what do I like? Um, I I would say um, maybe maybe I should talk about um, a couple experts more than con- so people I'm connecting to. They're interesting. You know, we talked about outdoor learning and there's someone Megan Zenny right now in BC who's doing some really interesting work around around getting kids outside in, in the elementary in the elementary ages that I that I think is 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 first class work around around technology in the digital space. I'm I'm really interested in George Kuros. He's not from BC, but does a lot of work out here. Dean Shiresky, he does a lot of work with us in West Vancouver. I'm really interested uh, in some of in some of his work as well. Uh, the other the other person who's interested me in the last year um, around the diversity, equity, and inclusivity work is Alden Habakon. Um, and so his work uh, around how we bring that to life in a in our um, in our school districts as well has been really interesting. So yeah, my last question would be, and you just you just mentioned it. Then, are we seeing um, a move towards more a balance with some outdoor learning because we've spent so much time on the screens and COVID pandemic lockdown, and now of course technology is huge in the classroom. Um, are we get, are we seeing a bit of a shift there? with kids getting access to outdoor learning? The two things I'm most excited about right now are kids are outdoor learning and technology. And people go, well, those are like the opposite ends of the spectrum. How can you be excited about both those things at once? But I actually think they are, they are complementary to each other because at the one time we are d- connecting kids digitally more than ever. And there's some real, we're doing things that weren't possible without it. At the, the other time, what I'm most excited about is we're getting kids outside and connecting them to the earth. And so, the, you know, whether that's in through urban agriculture, outdoor learning spaces, you know, that when, but we're getting kids outside, touching the touching the ground, you know, and and spend having big chunks of time out there having outdoor learning experiences. That's that is super powerful. And so we have these two things happening together. And like, I, I'm just excited about how they actually there's a real interplay, I think. And that you don't have to be on 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 the one team that says we got to get kids outside or the other team that says we got to get kids on computers. We actually want kids to be able to do both well. And like that's what uh, coming out of the pandemic, those were two of the we, we kept saying kids, you know, for uh, for health reasons, we need kids outside and you don't want kids in the building. So, you know, move the learning outside. And the other thing we said was, well, let's take advantage of all these digital tools. And so. My real hope is in the, you know, as we emerge from the pandemic is that we don't lose those tenants that we've been really embracing over the last two years. Um, Chris, it's been so fun talking to you and um, yeah, hearing more about your perspective in terms of technology in the classroom. And I love that you ended on the outdoor piece, which is a big part of my um, history and education. Um, So yeah, thank you so much. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on The 21st Century Teacher and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Please do subscribe so you don't miss out on the next show. And also don't forget to check out our fantastic online learning platform, which is liveit.earth. Thanks again and we'll see you soon.